Hey, listeners, welcome to this bonus episode of Serially Obsessed. I'm Daisy Rosario. I'm Tifty Sarawit. Layla Carrillo. And we are here to talk about Serial because we love it, because we're obsessed with it, and also because we didn't want to be tied to one episode. God, there's just so much to talk about. Too much stuff. Too much stuff. And like, we can't get into things in every episode, so since they took a week off, we figured why not have some fun with a bonus episode. We don't take a week off. No. We go hard. Hard. Yeah. Because we're so obsessed. Um, so yeah, we're just going to talk about some various things. Now, if you want to listen to this bonus episode, if you're just starting it, I do want to say you should definitely be caught up to all the episodes of Serial if you're going to listen to this. We'll be talking about episodes one through nine of Serial. That's where we are in terms of our production process as related to theirs. Uh, so know that. But otherwise, we're just going to jump around from episode to episode. But uh, yeah, if you haven't listened to a couple, you're not going to want to press play on this one or at least Lots pause of spoilers. Us. Yeah, come Mucho on back spoilers. to it after. So, uh, again, I don't know why you'd be listening to the bonus episode if you haven't listened to others, but (laughs) just to make it clear, uh, I am a public radio producer, so that is one of the many things that I kind of bring in terms of my point of view of talking about the show when I listen to it. Dipti? I used to be a criminal prosecutor, so I love to analyze this podcast. And you're Indian. And I'm Indian. Thank you, Layla. You're welcome. I like to analyze South Asian immigrant issues. <laughs> um, and I'm Layla, and I just, uh, I look at things through a really media critic sort of lens, and uh, I'm really skeptical of, of people and et cetera. And et cetera. Um, I want to start off with a hysterical thing. What's that? And that is, okay, first of all, not a lot of people... Not everybody reads the internet about cereal. No. There's a, mm-hmm. definitely a lot of people, and they're probably not listening to this. I am one of them. I do not read Even among this room, we're a bit divided in terms of how we take I, in cereal. I don't read everything on Reddit. I'm definitely not that. I read sometimes. But if you don't read anything about cereal online, please read one thing. Okay. And that is the subreddit about Dawn. Because it is... Hysterical. Ooh. Dawn from Lenscrafters. Taking it back because oh. you did send that to me via Facebook Messenger. And you died. Shout out Zuckerberg. I loved it. I thought it was really great. Um, Dawn. I Reed posted that. I didn't see this I, at all. Oh, oh, it's great. Jesus. It's Somebody so wrote funny. this like weird like tenets of, of who Dawn is. And it's like, Dawn is great. Dawn has a Camaro. Dawn is so chill. Dawn chills at Lenscrafters. It's great. It turns into this Matthew McConaughey dazed and confused thread, yes. and it will make you forget. Yeah, somebody coined Matthew Mc- <laughs> McDonaghy, which I thought was <laughs> great. That is both amazing and terrible. It is amazing and terrible. Um, and some congratulations, of the internet. Were definitely inappropriate, and I won't repeat it. But I can't yeah. help. I yeah, I did too. I can't Oof. remember what it was, unfortunately. But just go to it. You'll find the inappropriate we'll one. We'll link to it on our Twitter page. I've sure. looked at the Reddit a little bit, and I definitely like the kind of threads that are about a particular episode a little bit more than when some of the subreddits get a little intense. Uh, so that's like the little bit I've looked at. I also tend to look at, uh, although I've only started doing this uh, after the last couple episodes, I will read uh, Rabia's vlog. So Rabia being you know, the lawyer who brought Adnan's case to Sarah in the first place. Um, I will read her blog at times, and that's an interesting thing. Well, just before the episode about Jay, uh, episode eight, The Deal with Jay, uh, <laughs> Rabia had posted some stuff that came up in that episode. Uh, you know, and, and she does a good job. Rabia kind of acknowledges multiple times that she really does appreciate Sarah's work on this, yeah. that she knows that, you know, Sarah doesn't necessarily 100% agree that 
Adnan is definitely innocent the way Rabia feels, but she knows that the podcast itself, if they are in any way able to prove uh, Adnan's innocence, will help him. Mm. She just really seems appreciative of the kind of light that it's shedding on it and the possibility for them maybe opening up some kind of looking into this again. Um, and so she has tried very hard, and I saw this on Reddit as well when some of like Adnan's other friends or relatives were posting about things like, she has tried to be really hard to be mindful about what's happening in each episode to like yeah. not step on things. She's like, we don't want to spoil things. Like Sarah's working really hard on this. Let's respect that. Yeah. And so that's been really interesting. So it was funny to see her post bits of uh, text from transcripts of uh, court documents that yeah. she, that were then actually acknowledged the week after on Serial. So it's oh. like, I look at stuff a little bit here and there. I have seen a couple pictures of people as adults and that stuff's always weird. Yeah, we were upset about the fact that you have seen Dawn. I did see yeah. Dawn. You still won't go into an internet hole and find it for us. I don't know where it Just is. Just search your history. I don't know where it is. Yeah. These are lies. Yeah, I don't know where it is. <laughs> oh, um, by the way, I have confirmed with someone mm -hmm. that Camaros in 1999 were cheesy. Okay. Okay. Who's I that mean, person? I don't think we ever denied that they were cheesy. My friend Brit. Brit, if you're out there, I don't know there, anything about you're right. Brit. If you're listening to this, Brit, I don't trust your opinion. Cheesy. Well, you know that's rude. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think I've always been on the camp that they are cheesy. However, I am on the camp with Daisy in the fact that this was his own car. Like right. it had to have been his car, not a borrowed parent's car. And that for a teenage okay, girl is fine. exactly showing it. As I said, if you want to remember the entirety of what I said, former prosecutor, what I said was <laughs> they were not like amazing, but anything slightly sporty when you're that age and it's not you borrowing your parent's car, right. definitely has some like panache that you wouldn't yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. It's I much, it's still cooler, still like cooler than like a hand-me-down station wagon. For sure. Unless you are the friend who is willing to drive everyone everywhere, in which case people are always happy for you to have a larger That's car. That's true. I, but it, but still, if it's like boyfriend your is driving me. quotient is exactly. not going up with a minivan, but it will go up with like a Xerox, yeah. you know, like oh, one of those. Jesus. Especially then because like those 80s Camaro. cars were hanging on, you know what I mean? Yeah. You I have an old car now, it's like you've got a 2001 something. That's, right, right, you know, right. style. Yeah. They don't got panache. I feel like I remember a lot of like Nissan Maximas and like Civics and stuff. Yeah. And those, those were always cars the that ones that were that like were normal. little hatchbacks and stuff. But you know. Yeah. If it's an older guy, maybe he like worked on that car. Mm -hmm. Like all that stuff is like. Ooh. All of that plays into like. <laughs> I'm a girl. The I'm young. Is fanning herself right I'm now. I'm fanning myself. Young again. independent man. Yeah. He like works at Lens Crafters. And he has a real car. job. Mm -hmm. He's older. I think the other reason it's actually harder for me to find him online uh, is because Jay's Facebook profile um, did have him listed as like somebody who went to Woodlawn. So like when I was searching, there were these other things that came up that were clear. Whereas like Don's, uh, he didn't go there. So it's like there. it's not tied to other things. Like I saw Jay's before. He since changed it. Uh, and we'll get into how uncomfortable this whole thing makes me in general <laughs> yes, shortly. You are a but creep. like, I saw it. Well, somebody sent me a link and I clicked on it and then I was like, cool. And then when I was trying to show it to somebody else, I was able to remember just enough of the name that when I typed it in and it showed Woodlawn, I was like, oh, this is the one. Right. Whereas like with Don's, it was just like, it was a link and I'm like, I don't steps. remember what else it said yeah. to be able to narrow it down. Okay. I have a question and I want to follow it up with a statement. Okay. So you're setting up your statement. Correct. Was Don bald? No. Oh, I think so. There was a parrot in the photo. What? I don't know. There was a, like a parrot on his head. It was weird. 
Well, here's my statement after that. And it's about the ethics of this all. Much mm -hmm. has been talked about, about how these are real people and they have private lives and Serial didn't ask them to be public figures now, if you want to call them that. And so I feel bad asking you if he's bald, even though I'm genuinely very curious what he looks like and mm -hmm. if he's attractive and everything. But I, I can't help it and I feel bad that I want to know about all these people and they are private individuals and don't deserve yeah. my scrutiny and my questions, but I'm going to have the questions regardless. Yeah. I feel like it's just human nature. I mean, I think that you're already doing yourself a service by feeling bad, by feeling bad about it. Yeah. Like acknowledging that that's a thing. I think there's a lot of people that um, will do it and not acknowledge that right. these are real people. Or just get defensive about it when or it's like you can just be it. empathetic about it to a degree be, as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of people do approach this as a show. Like it's just a show. It's not a real thing with real repercussions and real people who are suffering. I mean, um, you know, just that last episode alone, like hearing Hay's mom and like Let's just talk about Hay. That Hay's well, let's family. get to Hay in a second because we're still kind of yeah. on the larger general moral thing. And Absolutely. I was just like an example as to, you know, I mean, these are, yeah, they're real people. They are real people, and it's like we're talking about a case from 1999 when social media basically did not exist. Definitely did not. I don't even and think then, MySpace was huge back then. No. I mean, maybe you had Friendster or something at that point. Friendster still existed. Friendster. Oh, wait. It might no. not have existed. Friendster, I think, showed Friendster up in about like, 2002. Oh, yep. Mm, okay. And so we're talking no about people that are involved in something at a time where, like, the easiest ways to find them now didn't exist, which even as somebody who is a journalist in general, I sometimes get curious about it's hard because it's like, we are supposed to save the moments where we don't use last names for like very, very pressing things. But at the same time, you want to make sure that people get that like it's very easy to find people online. And so when people yeah. do Especially are a part of any big story, it's like you can look up anything, anything and you can find out so much stuff. Which is why I think in a lot of ways I'm almost kind of amazed that this show works because in my mind I was like, well people can just start doing their own investigative research and just like... Which they are. That's what which Reddit is, is. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, I mean, in terms of like finding their own information and then just being like, well, F the show. Like, I'm right. off on my own little, um, you know, civilian yeah. detective work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, which I think is going back to what you said, just a product of everything being accessible, people being online, like... People are literally, like, those Reddit threads, I don't read them, but they're crowdsourcing information yeah. from each other, right. you know? And it's um, working. Yeah, it's like a weird citizen journalist, citizen detective thing that, uh, I don't know, it's weird. I. It's just hard, too, because you I'm don't know at what point, it, especially, but. like, with the people who decide not to speak to Sarah, like, I don't know at what point they know that it's on or that, you know, like... If you are one of these people, you could probably have gotten away with not... Ch I mean, here's the thing, right? So I saw Jay's Facebook. Uh, the last post I saw on it was that his wife said he shouldn't have Facebook because it's not safe for him and his family. And that's Very fair real. statement. Yeah. Very fair statement. And then when I tried to go uh, send the links to somebody else a couple days later, his name had been changed. And it's like, that was weeks into this show, and he's been a major character since the beginning. So there's also the point at which this show has, you know, has kind of reached a tipping point in terms of the amount of listeners and in terms right. of, yeah, the average person who has a story 
told about them or is in a journalistic story, if it's not a massive story, is gonna be fine without their stuff not necessarily being looked into, unless you just get some random crazy obsessive person, which does happen. But otherwise, like for the people who we hear about, but who aren't really a part of it, it's like all of their stuff might be picked apart too. And like, at what point do they know to like, kind of lock things down or I don't know. I mean, I treat my privacy stuff in a particular way. I'm really mindful about the way I treat my Twitter because of the stuff that I do for work and all of those things. But that's still a hard, like, if you don't know how obsessed people are going to get with that, with this show, right? like, how do you know, like, where's your line? I mean, I think there's also the thing of people not even knowing how insane the show got. And even, right. even that, it's now. like, right, they know now. But even then, I think comparatively to all the other stuff that's out there for people to get obsessed with, this is a very small island in a big giant world of other lands of obsession right? right um and so i can imagine that you know that jay would six weeks later be like oh shit this thing is a thing right Absolutely. you know what's weird is that say they have twitter or facebook any post that any of these people in the show any post that they do is going to be looked at through the lens of someone involved in serial it's like they, they exactly. can't i mean i think that the show will die down as soon as it's over and yeah. the fascination for many will just stop unless, you know, like I think you were saying, uh, Daisy, recently that unless some huge event occurs right. in the case. Unless there's a huge event, people will right. still listen to it, but it'll be like at the pa- I haven't watched The Wire. I'm about to start watching The Wire. Good there will still be people that will, like, you know, check it out, but it's not right. going to be talked about all at once the way yeah. it was when no. it was on. But you end. will still find people who were who will be more than happy to engage you. Yeah. Oh, online. In, in like you a, can find friends for anything. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, but during the show, there's a few weeks more left mm-hmm. for the duration of the show. These people, I mean, kind of can't have regular lives. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, quote Kathy can <laughs> Kathy with a fake name Kathy fake name Kathy. and Not neighbor boy man Kathy. and neighbor boy man right. neighbor boy and man Mr. S Mr. S oh, gosh I would love to meet him yeah um, and I would really like to meet his wife oh, more than anything else I still else. can't believe he's married it's like Oh God, this is terrible. I was gonna be like, it's like Charlie Manson. He's getting married. This guy is not Charlie, Charlie Manson. Manson. But there's so not people. Hold on, I I really like just want to point out married? the fact that you've called him Charlie. Manson. You guys are informal. Sorry, <laughs> little Charlie Manson. Charlie. Little Charlie. Is little that your Charlie way Man. of like? It's a diminutive so Charlie that you can Manson. be less afraid of Charles Manson. <laughs> Maybe. Dipti is adjusting in her mind <laughs> to how she must feel about this serial killer. I um. Uh, yeah, just when people like that are getting married, it is so annoying. Because you want to be, you're like, if they can get married, why can't I? I guess. I mean, I'm not desperado or anything. Well, I don't know. I guess I'll send you some bonbons or something. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it does raise all kinds of like, you know, moral. Here's the thing. And I want to talk about, hey, but I feel like this is a little bit more in the realm of the larger picture because then we get into a little bit of a victim's rights thing and I want us to kind of focus on that when we get to it but you know one thing that I'm definitely hearing more from people that I chat with about cereal if I'm at a party if I'm just talking to somebody here or there or whatever is they're like you know as it goes on I'm feeling manipulated uh, because they can't feel sure about anything as it goes on and I'm like well Sarah doesn't feel sure about anything uh, as it goes on it seems but I don't feel like I don't know. I don't feel manipulated. To me, this is like what happens when you break down a story into parts. Sure. I also think that 
it is indicative of why there are a lot of people that aren't detectives, that aren't police officers, that aren't lawyers, that aren't like these are very specific, like social workers. There are very specific trades that a lot of people can't do because there's so much fucking gray area. And right. I think a lot of people are much better suited to think of the world in binary where everything's black and white and right. everything is so not black and white that when you're confronted with the fact that there's so much gray, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It feels manipulative, sure, because I can see that, especially because this case is being presented to us in in the box of a show. Right. Um, because it's like an entertainment piece. I can see how there's some sort of, I don't know, like, oh, this seems really, it's like, well, yeah, if you went to like any courtroom, that's what it is. Right. Like, you can't possibly. You're going to watch the prosecution, then you're going to watch the defense. They're right. both going to be playing their side. Mm-hmm. You might feel one way and then another. Exactly. And I mean, and that is the thing. Real life is so gray. Most of our entertainment is so happy to try to give us that neat ending. And that's why people do find often I things think to that's be really unsatisfying serial it's to real. be like, frustrating in that yeah. regard. Because it's like, well, this isn't really a show where at the end of these nine episodes, yeah. we're going to have a conclusion. I seriously doubt that we're going to have a conclusion. And you'll probably I think, I think everyone's leave more questions. Yeah, but I think I think that's still frustrating for people. It is. When you leave a show and it, you have more questions than you have answers, it's frustrating. And I think it's even more frustrating knowing that's like, and in the back of it all, you're like, and this is real. Yeah. So, like, now my world is crushed because... I have so many questions that won't be answered, and that's real life. You know, Sarah Koenig um, does not give a crap that anyone is getting frustrated. She's like, so what? And I love that she's keeping her stance strong. Yeah, I agree. I think if you're really strong at what you do, like, that should be your point of view. It's like she's been telling stories for years. She's been a journalist for years. If she is holding herself to the standard that she normally holds herself, then she should feel good about the work that she's doing. I also think that, you know, she's, I would feel more manipulated, I think, in this if she wasn't being very clear about the fact that she herself is going back and forth on some of these things. Mm-hmm. Because that is the process of of looking at these things in real life, of going, oh, this evidence says this, but this says that. And, right. you know, she's just letting us know how it is. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting, too, in a way, because it is sort of like a bird's eye view, or not even a bird's eye view, but like a very clear behind the scenes of like what it is to be a journalist kind of you Mm -hmm. know it's like oh shit i guess it is hard for you to be subjective a lot of times it really is and it's like a thing that people it's funny because there is i I went to grad school for journalism and i feel like the argument that we had most often was the you're a journalist you're supposed to be subjective and then there would be two camps at school there'd be the camp that was like yes we are subjective. And then there was the other camp, which like, is the one I was in, that was like, that is impossible. We make every effort to be as subjective as possible, but I also need to acknowledge, because it makes me ask better questions, where my own point of view and things as it goes lies. Because then I might even push myself harder in those areas to counteract my own mm-hmm. feelings of bias. Bias exists no matter what. Bias exists in the stories that you choose to tell, let alone how you tell them. Uh, and I think that to me, you know, in a lot of ways was something that I would often argue in school. You know, people be like, well, you just, you just don't do that. And then, 
you know, you, you just don't have a judgment. And I was like, no, I, I don't sit in judgment of the people I am talking about, but I might think a story is important for a reason that another reporter might not think the story is important. Right. And they would think that that's not a bias. And I would consider that a bias in terms of, you know, especially being a Latino and like being someone that covers Latino issues. There are times where people are like, oh, that's just like a Latino story. And I'm like, why is that not a worthwhile story? Then? Right. You know, so to me, that shows bias on their part in a way of like, oh, I hold these stories to be less valuable. And so to me, it's like, if you're really honest about what you're doing in terms of I do this and so I'm making sure to check it, like you might be even doing a better job in a lot of ways. And so I appreciate that about the show. I feel like she walks us through how she's feeling and why she admits like, I like talking to the guy. Like he's nice to talk to. Right. I it would be nice if he's innocent. Like because she has spent all this time sure. talking to him. That doesn't mean that she's not going to look for the truth. Yeah. Except when Sarah does talk about how nice Ednan is mm-hmm. and how she enjoys speaking to him, there is a part of me that gets really sort of like uncomfortable about it. Um, and I understand that there is a point at which how much is Sarah dropping the journalism part of it, like the hard journalism part of it, and really just becoming a storyteller. And I think at that point, I think that's worth acknowledging, that I think sometimes, that sometimes the show, despite the fact that it is a real case, that it involves real people, that it is presented through a lens of an entertainment product because I don't know that there's always, by her admitting that she enjoys speaking to a specific person, to me, tosses journalistic integrity, not completely out the window, but like places it on the ledge and it's like almost about to teeter over. And see, I, It doesn't I, bother me at all. It doesn't bother me at all. And I'll say, I could see why that would be something that somebody who doesn't exactly do journalism would feel, but like as a journalist, it's like, I really enjoy talking to probably 99% of the people I talk to. And I think that's fine. But you know I, I mean? if you're like, telling I really me a story, do. I don't want to know that. But I it's do. not that. But It makes it human to me. Exactly. Like, but I then I don't think, her. but then I think then it makes sense for this show to be what it is as opposed to being on the it front page of the news, is, right? But it here's the thing. But here's the thing I want to clarify before we get away from it. When I say I enjoy talking to people, sure. that doesn't mean that I believe everything that they're telling me. Oh, absolutely. That doesn't mean that I assume that what they're saying is just the truth because right. I'm talking to them. And that's it not what I'm saying I, either. Right. But I feel like when she's talking about it, like she's very honest of like, this is how this makes me feel. And she's letting us know. And that's why I think the order of the episodes is also kind of important because by the time we get to episode four, she's really laying out the how of how she's reporting some of this stuff. And right. in five, she's really laying out how they're reporting this five is where uh, we do, they act out the route and then they do the cell phone towers. Like she's letting us know just how thoroughly they are actually investigating this stuff. But I think it would be weird, especially in a show where we hear him so often and he does sound very personable for her to not acknowledge that she enjoys talking to him. I agree. I'm saying then it makes sense for this to be delivered in the method that it's being delivered and not say, for example, an article in a newspaper. Well, I to think that is a byproduct. Oh yeah, like I that. mean, there's no reason to acknowledge it. I think in a written show, exactly, because we wouldn't have a feeling sometimes... about how he sounds. But I think she needs to acknowledge the fact that it's going to be undeniable that the amount of time that we've heard him, he sounds very personable. So she has to acknowledge it. Right. But I mean, to me, it's like think, it's a thing that just doesn't even. I think come I'm up just in another saying setting. that the way that I approach the show is then like I end up putting on different 
putting on different perspectives of how I view Sarah as she's presenting the show to me. There are moments where I'm like, oh, okay, like, yes, you're approaching at it. You're approaching this method of getting your information in a way that a journalist would. But then there's also like a very thick underlying, like, this is also entertainment for, you know, I'm... But it is. It is. Right. So it is. So that's fine. It's I entertaining, but it never But then at makes that point, like I that. put the journalist stuff away. It's and not, I'm like, this is just the way that she's telling the story. It's not either or to me. It's just, it, it is its own entity. It is It's serial. This American Life blown out, you know? It's, yeah. it's them. I mean, because it is very much in the style of what they were already doing, but we've only heard, you know episodes you know they do maybe an hour on something it's hard to not get into all the detail of of these of this particular story because uh, that's all we're doing on this show but it's yeah it's just them to like the nth degree but as much as that is true and you know the show had the the whole um mike daisy incident and everything but like ultimately it's still journalism um and to me I think it's, it's like, like entertainment journalism though i'm sorry i can't that's fine. You're welcome to, I'm okay. To, yeah, I'm okay with that. I don't that. agree. I just don't think that it's like, I don't know. To me, it's like, I don't know. It's 24-hour news channels are far more entertainment journalism to me than this is. I agree. Is. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, no, absolutely. So, like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, hey, you guys, like, Fox News for real. A lot of those like, stations look into a lot. I do I mean, just she approach is doing this American work. Life as, like, a, you know, more so of an entertainment product than a journalism product. Well, the New York Times, I think it was the New York Times, recently had a very interesting article that interviewed journalism professors mm-hmm. at, um, one was from Northwestern. I read an article today, not in the Times, but about a, a Columbia journalism professor talking about the show. Yeah, like, so, so journalism professors are jumping in because it is considered journalism. Right. Um, and they do have, they do think that she's taking, uh, what's the word? I can't think of it. Um, that she's uh, blurring ethical journalism lines because she doesn't know the ending and people's lives are at stake. And we've alluded to this before. Mm-hmm. But um, I think what it all comes down to for me is it's just a brand new thing. It's not, it is journatainment. Journatainment, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I will 100% because, buy because that. Because I think by journalism standards, it it is, it, it is not ethical in many ways, but it doesn't bother me. I don't know that I think that it's unethical as much as I do. I, I also, to me, that's the part that's hardest for me is the whole like, well, you don't know the ending and there are real people involved. Um, that part of it is the hard thing. And hey, which we'll talk about right after this. Um, but um, otherwise, you know, some I've seen some, including what I read today, where, you know, this journalism professors are going like, well, she's being really transparent. Like, and in a world where people trust journalism less and less, mm-hmm. her transparency is really helpful. Like, we, she's not it. just saying, okay, we did, we looked into cell phone records, we spoke to two experts and blah, blah, blah. Like, she's really walking us through the process. And so at the end of the day, when you are making a decision on how you feel about some of the stuff that she's saying, you have a really good idea of how she got there. I... You're much more informed than you actually are with a lot of other journalism. Except that I think a lot of times you end up flip-flopping with her. And that's okay, but like I think that's just a thing you have to acknowledge. But if we're going to acknowledge that the world is gray, then I don't see any problem with that. I I think one of the biggest appeals of the show is that she makes us feel like we are on this ride with her. Right, Right. which to me is really the show. The only only reason why I'm like, not 
not that I personally feel that way all the time, but I think that because because she is being so transparent, there is a there is a moment where I do believe that there is maybe not un like I think unethical is just like maybe that's too strong of a word, but there is like people get convinced of things really easily. Like, I don't want to say like, oh, audiences are stupid, but audiences are very convincible. So if in episode one, Sarah's like, hey, Jay is innocent. Adnan is guilty. Episode two, she turns that around. I am following her and also accepting those things as my beliefs as well. And I think that is a thing that needs to be acknowledged. I think it is acknowledged, acknowledge though. And I think the counterpoint yeah. to that I is I don't the know fact, that she acknowledges no, I think she it does. necessarily. I think she, she does. does. And I think the counterpoint to that is something that we have ourselves said on this show many times, which is that she will talk about something that she's obsessed with. And we're like, I don't really care about that. I care about this. And we have listener, as listeners have done that. We did that before we right. even started doing the podcast. Except that I think that in a very specific way... That is not a thing that a lot of people do. I don't think that a lot of people... See, I don't feel comfortable presuming what other people are doing. I can only really mm -hmm. speak to how I'm listening to it and what I've read online a sure. little bit. And yeah, some people are like... People I've seen more voice their frustration like... Oh, like, I, you know, I said this uh, when we talked about the episode about um, the, the case against Adnan. Where after that episode, I got a bunch of texts from people that were like, Oh, because I had been long time in the camp of I think he's guilty but I wouldn't have convicted on that right. prosecution I got texts from people that were like oh man now I think he's now I think he's guilty sure because as we're laying it out but that is the same thing that we hear in the episode where we hear the innocence project woman and she's like right I can't make up my mind till the end she's like some days I think it's this some days I think it's that so it's like if we're gonna sit here and talk about how the world is gray and only certain people are suited for those things then like we have to acknowledge that that's the truth of what going through this process is right and but it then is I gray. think in term then yeah I don't know but then I'm still camp journeytainment on that you know what I mean like I, I think that then that becomes a very specific way to approach it a very specific way to view this particular piece of journeytainment it is journeytainment I don't like it but I will say this <laughs> okay. I hate the term as a journalist but I will say I this I just made it up Daisy. yeah I know <laughs> hate it um, but do make sure that you um, find that tweet it. TM it because um, all these other things that you've coined that you've don't get credit don't for. Don't get credit right. for in the past. Ugh, um, thank you for acknowledging that, Layla. <laughs> listeners, just so you know, a little aside, a personal aside, Dipti has apparently over the last uh, 30 years of her life created some <laughs> phrases that like have totes? entered popular well, vocabulary no. that she my is upset about. My friend invented totes. She in says her friend invented totes. Okay, well, uh, Dipti invented Back to my point malaise. about yeah. hating journotainment, though. To tie back to the whole uh, social media thing, though, one thing that does happen is when we get stories out in the world that come from big resources, people then look into it online. And then they go, oh, this isn't true or that isn't true. So in the world we exist in now, there is something very valuable, I think, about this form of, if you want to call it transparency or whatever, because, yeah, it's, it's hard to not pick apart because it doesn't necessarily need to be picked apart, but if she's really laying out the process for you, you don't know what's coming next. She might say the thing you want her to say next, you don't know. But in a world where everybody can like look up a bunch of shit about the past, about the people involved, you kind of want to know it because everybody's just kind of try to debunk it if you if you present it as like oh yeah absolutely oh well I mean I don't place. I mean the the access to information is not the point here for me. But to the me, you can't take them out. Like to me, it's like that's why it's still journalism is because like. 
To me, that's why it's an interesting form no, of journalism. I mean, I think for, I mean, just to clarify my stance on it, I think the journeytainment part of it is if you are a person that is reporting a story to me, in, a, in my world of what I believe journalism should be, I don't necessarily want to know what your feelings are. Right. And I don't believe that those people actually have no feelings. Is the thing I agree with you, but so, I but then do not but don't that, report. It's that not to that me. I if want them; it's that me... I want to know because I don't feel like she's stopping herself from pushing back hard against her own feelings. Is the thing if she was doing that, it'd be one thing. Right. I'm saying that if this p if if serial was a piece of journalism, then I then hearing Sarah's like emotional response to things throws out for I mean, me like what news is or what news should be. Right. And then we enter like a whole new aspect of it. Right. Now and I, I think that's personally why are. I think a lot of journalism is failing for the last 20 years. So I'm like, oh, yes, I want Because it's this. like missing and an, like a human emotional component. Absolutely. Honestly, hmm. it's so surprising to me that that is your, one of your biggest issues with it. Because it I is mean, it's not truly, an issue that I have with the show. It's truly one of the biggest draws of the show to me. Right. But I, as long as we're referring to it as a show and not a case... I think I think for me it's a it's very a case, specific though. to me it's thing. not a case it's something else in between. Well, yeah. we can totally right. which is like the amalgamation of those but two no, things. But it's not that it's a case of journalism and entertainment making it journaltainment. Again, still hate it, but, <laughs> but deal like, with it, Daisy. To me, it's like it's it just is. It's just like the it's, most. It's like it's it's pretty honest. I think I don't know. There's something very, very honest about because it. Because then, me. I mean, because then I would argue, like, well, then what's next? Like, are we going into, well, I guess, I don't know. I was going to cool, say, I like. I can't wait to see what's next. I love it. Well, because I was going to say, like, then what happens next, like, in courtrooms? But I guess well, dramatic stuff totally already happens But the problem with courtrooms often so is already that everyone is already tainted by entertainment. Sure. And they are taking these very unrealistic points of view in. Like, I was reading something. What was I reading recently? But it was, like. Uh, guys reflecting on, like, these detectives who had worked forever, and they were talking how much about, like, CSI made their lives so much harder. The popularity of the show. It's called the CSI effect. The when you CSI pick a jury, effect. you have to ask them, or one of the things that a prosecutor always asks is, can you convict a person with no fingerprints? Right. And it's like the CSI question. And you have to ask because some people will say, I must have fingerprints. And you can get that person off when you're doing voir dire, which is right. when you pick a jury. Right. And um, it's a real thing yeah and um it is because like in their minds they're like i can't they expect like, everything DNA. to be real evidence and yeah. the world is gray right they expect and it not to be like every, answers 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 and not every crime is investigated so thoroughly, so thoroughly. or fingerprints don't exist dna right. doesn't exist like this exactly. case i mean like we don't there's so much stuff that we yeah. don't have in this case mm -hmm. yeah but those things happen now whereas these those things were missing in part because the technology wasn't there as much whereas like now these things happen yeah. still. And then people are like, why don't you have that? And right. that's like crazy. And also we're talking about finding a body in a park where bodies are everywhere. Bodies I mean, it's everywhere. basically a dumping ground for homicides. In one of my yeah. new favorite books, Homicide, A Year on the Streets or <laughs> A Year on the Killing Street. I like that I can't get the title right, even though I That's fine. David Simon has 600 so and something much money. page book. You do not <laughs> need does. to plug David Simon. Honestly, Trust I hope me. he does because uh, I read the book and it's great. Um, you guys, but like, uh, he talks about oh, that. Sorry. I just want to uh, go into hay because mm. um, I think we could talk about journalism forever, but I hate it. I, 
that's okay. It's, what, it's, what's, okay. Happening. it's what's happening. It's um, what's happening. I think it's really important to talk about, hey, we started talking about it in the last episode, episode nine. And I was starting to say that I don't think, I don't feel that Sarah Koenig is doing, hey, uh, an injustice by not talking about her more. I feel like there's, if she talked about her more, then it would start to get tawdry and and almost too much. We need to respect the dead. And mm-hmm. I don't, like, just say nice things. Like, if, if you started to talk about her more, it's going to get into gossipy things about her life that can never be confirmed or denied because she's not with us any longer. And I don't, I I don't, I think, like, Layla, I think you were saying that, um, oh, finally, they're talking about hay. Yeah, and I know, I think we needed a little bit of it, but I think... I do think we did. I just feel like there was a part of me that was like, uh, it's just a shame that it took this long to... She talked about her, though, remember, in episode two? I mean, she talks about her in the diary. Well, episode nine, specifically, is the one where Sarah walks, she's like... I tried everything, everything I could and we to reach her family. Right. And that was that episode came out the same week that someone claiming to be Hayes' brother had posted on Reddit saying, please don't ask me any questions. Just so you guys all know, my family is like totally hurt by this podcast existing. Now, if we're going to go back to journalistic ethics for a moment, I, I do want to say that like one thing you have to do as a journalist is constantly be doing stories about stuff that people don't want you to be bringing up. And it's hard because you do want to balance the idea of respecting the dead and respecting these families and also telling some of these stories, especially when they're tied to something bigger. Because if Adnan is innocent, then as we do hear him say in one episode where he's talking about how, you know, this poor woman, Hayes' mother, lost her son, lost her daughter, and now here's his own mother losing her son, then, then boy, as a person, does he really do have a right for his situation to be investigated. But I mean, any time that there's a fire, that a soldier is killed, that people are killed yeah. by a, like a mass murderer or something, we have to report those stories and there are victims involved and it is a very tricky situation. So I do think that we've heard about Hay a fair amount. It was yeah. nice to get a little mention of her. I think that question was rising yeah. in the throats of many was, you know, what's going on here? Yeah. I did really need Sarah to acknowledge that she had reached out to the family and how many ways in which she had tried to. Uh, and she was very clear about it, another transparency. But at the same time, to me, yeah, if she, if she had been talking about her a lot more, like you were saying, Dipti, I think that would have made me uncomfortable in a way because I don't want her to just be like, here's this thing about this amazing person nobody will talk to me about, like her family won't talk to me, but it's like she is the victim. But ultimately, yeah. if Adnan is innocent, then he also does have the right to like... Let's figure it out, you know? It's a it's a that's a very tough world. And in journalism school, one of the things one of my professors did was make us call the families of soldiers who had been dead for a few years and um try to get us to write a story about it on the fly to desensitize us to the fact that like yeah. we have to reach out to people in those situations that right, don't yeah. want to be reached out to. And it is horrible. It is horrible. I hate I hate it. I hated doing it. Nobody liked doing it. We were all staring. I mean, I remember my classmates and I looking at each other from across the room as we're like picking up these phones to dial these families in this other state who had lost kids in the last like they'd all, it was all people who had died in the last like eight years. Some of them had died six years ago. They're getting a random phone call asking them about their son. Yeah, it's not easy. Well, I wonder. But it's how, a huge part of the job. I wonder how Sarah feels. Like, is she so uncomfortable? I think you have to digest it, and I think that's part of why she, in a way, tells us some of what she's, you know, feeling on it. And I would also argue that maybe in this specific case, it does 
maybe help her that there is a language barrier a little bit. Oh, with Hayes family? Mm-hmm. I yeah, because like, it sounds like the me brother being, knows about like, it. I'm just guessing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, like, I, if I were in Sarah's shoes, I think it'd be like, okay, well, this is at least a little easier because I'm not, I'm not the one that's directly making the phone call. It's like me speaking through an interpreter, me speaking through mm-hmm. somebody else. Um, and then ultimately, it seems like ultimately she didn't really even get in contact with them other no. than the brother who I think posted that thing on Reddit is what And I, I would heard, have to double right? check and see if that ever handout because uh last i, I saw the redditors we don't know took it down well, the reddit something. um so like the reddit moderators were saying that like he did send them something that made it seem like it was real and apparently what he had sent were screen captures of like a face messages message. he'd gotten yeah. from sarah but reaching someone, out to him someone made the point on that reddit that anyone can fabricate that Right. I mean, you'd have to see who can, like, try to check that it's Photoshop or whatever, but, you know. I think the larger issue, whether it's real or not, is that it is good that it did bring attention back to Hay and her family, and it made us all kind of Mm -hmm. just step back for a moment and realize that this is a real... This was a real person. Yeah. I don't know if that's why... Because, you know, Sarah in interviews has said that she is working on the episodes until the day that they go out. And like I said, timeline-wise... That post on Reddit happened just like two days before that episode where she acknowledges that came yeah, out. And I'm always so I feel like that might be one of the things that got the through to her. For but her. Either way, yeah. I felt like it needed to happen when it did, and it was good timing. Speaking of Sarah, uh, I want to talk about the. Um, I want to talk about the uh, the article in the All where they say that she's the All.com, um, where they say oh, that she's yeah, that was... whitewashing. Um, she's whitewashing all these people and. I just want to say that I totally disagree. I don't think that she's being disrespectful to other cultures. She is merely, to me, saying what the prosecution was saying. So if anyone's being disrespectful, it was the prosecution. I mean, I think... I had had read that article as well. um, And I... It was one of those things where it's like, okay, I guess I kind of see where you're coming from. And then at the, like, the very last paragraph takes, like, such a wide, like, sort of, like, turn against her that I was just kind of like, okay, well, I can't really... Basically, the argument was saying that, like, that, you know, that Sarah can't really completely tell the story because she's white and she doesn't understand these cultures. But it's like, well, then... Well then, shit. Like then, uh, then if I'm reporting on something that's not directly right. responding to me, then I will never be able to. Yeah. It's uh, ridiculous. Appropriately tell that story, and I. Yeah, I agree, but that's also so silly. Well, like, I think in general, I do think that that is a massive problem in journalism, is that very often big outlets will not have the person in the room just to make sure that it makes sense or to make sure that they're asking the necessary questions or to make sure that they are, you know, the way the prosecution, for example, you know, I think Sarah actually does a good job of handling this, of going, the prosecution is painting it like he's living two lives. But if you talk to any of the actual immigrants, they're like, no, that's that's, that's just, just what it what means to be that yeah. person. Right. I do think that what happened with the prosecution is something that you do see with many places look at this the article that was written about Shonda Rhimes in the New York Times this year where it's all about like her being you know writing these characters that are just like her as an angry black woman and meanwhile like she is the executive producer on this one show but she isn't the person who wrote the show and it's like Mm -hmm. yeah duh so I do think it's a massive problem in journalism but I don't actually feel that way about serial 
No way. And also, the fact of the matter is, they both had strict families. Yeah. It's just, right. they were strict. I, on, like the, I think the problem that I had with the All article is that I think it was clickbait for me because I was like, oh, I agree with the title of this article because I think there are moments where... It bothers you more than it bothers me. There are problems. There are problems that I have sometimes with the show uh, just because... I think I think sometimes like Sarah's excitement over the case gets like a little I'm like, "Ooh, okay. I I feel weird that you're getting all super excited about See, I love sort it. of like Nancy Drewing this thing because it's sort of like cuz it's real and I But she knows Yeah, but that. I mean, what I motivates know. a person to get up and spend that much energy on something? She's spent I think it's year. just the the tone of her excitement sometimes when she's speaking it, it troubles me. I like I know that sounds really but there are moments where well, I'm just like I'm sure people will agree uh, with you. I would like yeah. to know if they do though. Hey, do you guys agree with me? I know. Cuz I like email us at seriallyobsessedpod at gmail.com. I totally just I feel don't like don't feel that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning, I was really having that problem during the Deidre episode. I like when they were both like, "Hey, you know, it'd be really great if we, if you really got a sociopath." Those are the moments where I'm just like, "Ooh, just this gets a but little." But you know what? That's just yeah. human. Like that's yes, what I that's exactly. a private right. thought. That's what Which, that's what's happening here, right in this right. room right now when we're talking about this. Yeah, like. There are moments where we don't lend levity. But I like that you they know? said that because it's like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or, well, you know, it's and also, so like, real. So much of it acknowledges what the listeners are thinking, yes. which is like so many people, not even because of Sarah, but because of CSI and because of right. movies and because of these shows are like, well, maybe he's like a sociopath. And the percentage no, chance fun. of that is so bizarrely low. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's, it's so crazy again, low. So not it's that it's, not it's, wait, a, no, 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 wait. Not that it's unfounded, but it's right. just low. And so it's like, you need to like acknowledge it. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I agree. And I'm not, but that is not like, it is the way in which the two of them were very excited about, or at least maybe more Deidre and then potentially kind of Sarah just sort of back, like piggybacking off of it about the like, ooh, how fun would it be? Like how massively interesting would it be if this person was but it is a massively interesting. I also feel like be. the way you're remembering that is different than how I remember it which is that Sarah is voicing it as like oh, I'm just so worried about this I'm worried that that's what it would be it. and Deirdre's like do you know like Deirdre's basically like the chances of that are so low hon like that would like do you know how much I wish yeah. that's what I got that's what like that is so right. rare like it's like, commiseration in her, mi- in her mind was like oh like you know, the type of people that I get are really boring. I think it just got a little too, like, excited Clarice, like, Silence of the Lambs sort of mm. thing for me. I, that's just, that's how I heard it. You found it, it to be right. disrespectful. And I found but it to be a little But the way you heard it sounds so different than I remember. And then I think for me in my mind, then I just have to, like, re-click in my head that it's like, okay, this is, this is a real story, but it is presented to me as, again, like, as a piece of entertainment. And so there are things that I can start to let go right um, but see that to like me is like them. maybe that's part of why i hate it is like because to me like the way you're remembering it sounds so different than how i remember it well that's you know fine I mean? I mean the way you remember it is the way you remember it right. it's just an interpretation of how i think they yeah, sound that's just it. how you think i just yeah. think it's interesting you think that because i just we're listening to the same podcast right yeah. i don't see that at so all yeah differently yeah mm-hmm. but um one last thing i want to touch on layla i know you had like question about oh yeah and I do want to say one thing somewhere in the podcast I don't remember where they were talking about how it's like some philosophy to bore the jury oh yes and I want to say that I don't think that's a thing um you 
put everything on the record right. to preserve it for appeal. You have to get all that cell phone stuff in there. And mm-hmm. it has to be in the record and it has to be typed out, you know? It's yeah. not to bore the jury, it's to present a complete case. And I thought that was right. bizarre. I mean, if I'm That's in the episode that, about yeah. Jay, because that's where yeah. we hear Christina Gutierrez the most. Maybe. The prosecutor. But I just don't think that that's a strategy. Let's I was bore the say, jury here and uh, confuse so them. That was a thing that to me is becoming the most, to me has become the most interesting part of the, the show. Is, yeah, is just sort of like the internalized strategy that happens within the court system, within the legal system. Um, the way that people get interrogated interrogated um the pre-interview process like mm-hmm. all of that stuff i think are things that um maybe csi effect like i feel like i'm kind of aware of what happens but then this is really bringing but light then, to how right it's like the anti-csi effect it's like she's undoing all the damage that television has yeah, done sort yeah. of and but it's interesting because it's like i think in my mind i'm like oh shit wait that's how it works like there's these specific sort of weird so strategies imperfect. and it's imperfect, which is, it's I mean, not, not to say that, episode. yeah, I mean, not to say that I'm like, oh, the legal system is like perfect right. and everything You're is just and happens. Although that's right? why I like, love real learner the most is because Jack McCoy didn't always win. Uh-huh. No, right, sometimes yeah. he didn't win cases you really thought he should and would. Yeah. Right. You know, but yeah. Um, but, I know that you had an issue with yeah. Adam not testifying. So, right, exactly. And, and. And I know that you had mentioned, like, that is a thing. I mean, they mentioned it on the show as well, yeah. that that is a very typical thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Even though I think it was bizarre in this case that he didn't. But right. I understand that it was to avoid impeaching him on cross-examination. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I think my perception of it became, like, as a juror, mm-hmm. not having someone to come in and, ca- and like, counter everything that's been said against you regardless of a judge's instruction regardless of a judge's instruction or a lawyer's instruction to ignore that would be hard i think for anyone like i think because just psychologically for example if you and i are dating and i'm accusing (laughs) you of cheating and you're Uh like i don't need i don't want to talk about it i'm just gonna plead the fifth right exactly like i don't want to talk about it to me that's like a big red flag of like oh yeah clearly you've been doing something so to me in my mind, I'm like, is this a thing that we should... I mean, I guess I'm asking you, in mm-hmm. your legal perspective, do you think that that's something that is a, is problematic of how, like... I mean, yeah, because objectively, even though the judge instructs you specifically that you are not to take that into account, we heard the juror, the one of the jurors, who I thought sounded like Wanda Sykes, <laughs> we heard her say <laughs> that it bugged her that he didn't testify. Yeah. and But... That wouldn't change my mind as a as a defense attorney whether to put him on or not because like oh the jury's gonna want like it, it wouldn't change my mind but it's the truth of the matter is you know you pull jurors after a trial and and they can tell you what they were deliberating in the room and um, but that's so conversational and right and and I'm sure that they say I wish that you put the defendant on the stand you know. Um, it's so tricky. Yeah. But I, I don't see how anyone can objectively... Well, no. I feel like it's all a big lie that we tell ourselves, like a lot yeah. of journalism is. Like, it's like, yeah, we're it's cool. We're just going to not be 
that concerned with the mm-hmm. outside stuff and it's like no we're completely affected by but the at the same time all the time but maybe at the same time that's why oj went free because they literally did just look at the facts of the case and they were like even though we totally know that he is a raging murderer um the facts of the case have dictated that we i need to read a book about that trial I can't yeah let's I not get that. into one we don't Anyways, remember that well but I'm sure that they did look at the facts and they were like, oh, crap, we have to let him go. Yeah, I mean, I guess in my mind, I just think of it in in the psychological strategy of it. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that I would rather risk someone possibly impeaching themselves, maybe. Or like, seems like such a bigger risk. It's a huge risk. It seems like such a more definite thing. But I feel like like it's done. You know, at that point. Yeah, but I guess like what if you is... don't know how he's going to react to the way they're asking their questions, whether or not you feel like you have a tight case. But there is like a portion is so where you're much more obvious. But I think there is a portion where you are. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? When when you like go through the case with them, like when you prep them for going. Oh, uh huh. On trial. Yeah. On trial. Mm-hmm. Right? On the stand. Yeah. On the stand. Well, yeah. You definitely um, go through every single possible question. That right. The opposing attorney is going to ask. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, there there's preparation in there. But I mean, you never know. That's why I guess, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, okay, I guess Gutierrez knew what she was doing. I, I don't mean, think she did. I mean, <laughs> I don't think so either. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, to the point where she's, like, a lawyer, so she must have some knowledge of what is happening. Yeah, she has some knowledge. But I think there is, like, I guess my curiosity is, like, I wonder really what, like, her internal strategy was to say, like, okay, well... Here's this one kid, Jay, who's coming up, uh, and he's just, you know, his story isn't staying straight the whole time. Mm-hmm. And now here's this kid, Adnan, who is, like, definitively, like, I'm innocent. I had nothing to do with this, but I do not want anyone to hear from him. I'm going to yeah, lock him up in the corner somewhere. She just must have been scared. must have just thought it wasn't tight enough. You know, I was listening to the Slate bonus episode, mm-hmm. and um, they brought up a really good point, and... Um, uh, I think it was, they were talking to a prosecutor or someone, and they just said, you are looking at this with so many more things. Like, when you're investigating, you just go. And you don't have even the money or the time to look at everything. To go down every and other so avenue. I almost feel kind of a little bad that uh, we're like, how dare she not have done this or that or whatever. But it's just, yeah. you know, there's a time limit on right. how long... It, like how long you can take to try yeah. a case. And then and like and I think that brings up a really good point to the fact that like the bigger overarching character through all of this that I think sometimes gets ignored is that this is Baltimore in the 90s, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of this is basically like you know, model T like okay, we got a homicide in, let's get it the yeah. fuck out, like yeah. in out in out. Like nobody has time to like figure out really what happened. It's just like here's a plausible thing that could have happened and you let's just go with it right like let's go with it let's put all of the pieces together that makes that true see the book Crank i read actually out. makes me feel the opposite really mm-hmm. the book i read absolutely makes me feel the opposite uh it, the figures that they had in terms of like 1998 or no no sorry 1988 uh so 10 years earlier even were like you could kill somebody and there was maybe like a 40 percent chance if that that you would be convicted by the time they could actually like build a case, have the things that they needed and all of that stuff. So it wasn't like they didn't really push through cases they didn't think they could win. They only went really with the cases that they felt like they had a decent case for. Right. 
But we do have to wrap up, guys. This is getting to be a long episode. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. We'll probably be Maybe doing we'll another, do another bonus, bonus. one yeah. before the bonus big finale. Dose. I, guys, I like to imagine that episode 12 will be called The Reckoning. And Ooh. it'll be Sarah going, here's everything that went nowhere. Awesome. Um, <laughs> a good Radiohead song. <laughs> this is a great Radiohead song. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to this bonus episode. Hopefully, we talked about some of the stuff that you guys have been talking about in your spare time when you're talking to friends, covering a lot of episodes. Hope we didn't give anything away, but you should have followed our instructions and not listened if you haven't yeah, listened to all of the episodes. If you have any comments, please email us at seriallyobsessedpod at gmail.com. We'd love to see them, and if we get enough, we'll definitely do another bonus episode addressing those. Otherwise, we will see you on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Who wants yesterday's papers? Who wants yesterday's gun? Who wants yesterday's papers? Nobody in the world